Boys, boys, boys. I turn my back, and there you are, slapping each other again. Welcome to Extended Clip, episode 13. I'm one of your hosts, Eddie Averill. I'm Malcolm Baum. I'm JT White. And today, we are taking a look at a couple of Guy Madden films. Brand Upon the Brain, a 2006 film, and a short from 2004, Sissy Boy Slap Party. Now, JT, you brought these films to us. You programmed this double feature. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I uh, Guy Madden has always been like a personal fave. I like uh, stumbled upon him in like uh, early high school as a young, uh, curious boy. Um, and, uh, it made me curious about a lot of things. Um, (laughs) uh, but no, it was just like his style was one of those, like, I feel like early on you like attached to like particular formalists because it's like, oh, this is a very distinctive style. Uh, guy men, obviously like a mixture of lowbrow and highbrow is why I feel like I brought him to the table because it gets a little of both. And I think... Um, if I had to pick an A movie and a B movie this week, Brand Upon the Brain is the A, and uh, Sissy Boy Slap Party is the B. And I just, uh, I don't know, I feel like I don't know a lot of people who've seen uh, many Guy Madden films, and I wanted to, to bring them to the pod and uh, have it out. Yeah, I hadn't seen any Guy Madden going into today, so uh, I, w- I was really taken aback. I mean, I had known about him I'd read about him. I listened to podcasts about him even. I I was well aware of Guy Madden. I was ready to like him. Maybe didn't love him the way I uh, thought I maybe could have. But I was uh, very taken aback by these films. Uh, Malcolm, Mm -hmm. had you seen much? Yeah, I saw the green... Well, I haven't seen much. I did see The Green Fog last year, which is, you know, not not even necessarily a narrative film like the ones, you know, you chose. So it's kind of... It's an archival film where they recreate Vertigo through a... San Francisco movies, footage from San Francisco movies. It's pretty good. But uh, I think that he's also a co-director on that one. So this is like, it's kind of new territory for me too. Also, I got to say, you know, NFL kickoff weekend, Madden. (laughs) The Madden curse is (laughs) real. Also, uh, Sissy Boy Slap Party. That was another title for the podcast we were were talking about. (laughs) I mean, if you watch uh, Sissy Boy Slap Party, it's essentially what we do uh, for the first six <laughs> minutes before recording the pod. That's how we warm up. <laughs> Guests who have come on our podcast will know. You know, you could ask Ryan. You know, we we get here what four o'clock. We clock in here at the podcasting factory. We don't record till like eight or nine. You know, it's a, it's a lot of slapping among other things. Yeah, and then we have to take the nap afterwards. Oh, of like course. you're exhausted, and then finally ready to pod. Uh, finally ready to pop apparently not i think you need to go back to nap time (laughs) oh goodness so brand upon the brain this is a feature film it's a 2006 film which 2006 there's a lot of big kind of revolutionary films if you will such as miami vice and southland tales uh this one does not join that canon for me unfortunately Uh, it is definitely one of the most unique films of that time period i'm sure all of madden's work is uh, so he's using kind of a silent film aesthetic here, but the editing and the camera movement is so far removed from the silent film aesthetic, which is good because he's doing more experimental and more like harsh things with it. It's kind of like Stan Brackage does uh, a 1920s film, you know, and maybe that's representative of Madden's style on the whole, is it? I think like it's all variations, obviously, on the silent film aesthetic, but a lot of them are like not as like rapidly cut as this one. Okay. I like some of them have definitely a more straightforward narrative approach, but they have like the surrealist aspects to them. I would say uh, saddest music in the world uh, is probably the most straightforward I've seen in that regards. And it's like that one feels more like an, like a, like a thirties like sound film. And there's narration. There is. I mean, look, so yeah, this film, there is the silent film aesthetic, but there is quite a bit of sound. Uh, it uses inner titles, but it also uses voiceover. And it also uses some like synced, di- kind of synced dialogue. It Yeah, there's like a musical sequence too, where it's kind of has an unsynced mm-hmm. thing to it. Yeah. 
It's a weird movie. What can I say? <laughs> this guy Madden, why doesn't he just sync up the sound and make him talk <laughs> normal? That's that's my complaint. Yeah, for the first like forty five minutes, like my fucking DVD's broken. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a film about a guy Madden stand in character named Guy Madden. What else are you gonna do? Does he do that in other films too? Because I've heard- my Winnipeg is yeah. like kind of. I mean, I guess it's the closest. I would say he gets to like documentary, uh, but he that one also is like a very personal reflection. Not everything is like as personal as this, um, but close. So he goes to a lighthouse, and it turns out this is the lighthouse where he grew up as an orphan, and he wants to repaint the lighthouse and you know spruce it up a little bit Uh, and so then we see him flash back to his childhood and it's a recounting of his young life and you know the past molding with or melding with the present and memories and versus reality and all that good stuff you know a real real wild strawberries if you will (laughs) Uh, haven't seen that movie. <laughs> seen it. Cinephile cred, you know, plus one Did I get for it anyone right? listening. Yeah, I like uh, Wild I don't remember it. I don't remember it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you like Wild Strawberries? Yeah, it did is. I, did yeah, I get that you, right? You got it right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Saw it when I was like 12, so you know. Yeah, these Bergman <laughs> movies, man, you don't even got to fucking watch them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Winter Light, give me a break. <laughs> How about give me a light? <laughs> oh, man. Well, look. I'm just going to confront this, right? So it's like we're talking about experimental film and it's kind of harder to talk about, I guess, uh, as you've noticed, if you're a listener to the podcast, when we do experimental films, we don't quite keep to the same structure as when we do narrative films. Mm -hmm. So excuse us in advance if it (laughs) seems like we're just bouncing around a little bit. Oh, are you triggered? Yeah, I was bouncing around and not doing uh, like a straightforward narrative plot summary. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm happy you're offended. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. I could have said something to supplement that, but. <laughs> but um, also, like, um, and JT can't see me. He can't hear this because I'm covering my yeah, mouth, uh, and on? he just lip reads. Uh, if you are a listener and you are like offended or triggered by what JT said, um, you should still listen to the podcast because Malcolm and I are both very nice, and it kind of like makes up for how rude <laughs> JT can be. And we can really we'll take anyone we can get. I'm a I'm a straightforward narrative type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Three act structures to me. All you know, I'm a better person by the end of it too. <laughs> so that's, that's just true. Good yeah. narrative movies teach you how to live. Yeah, exactly. I'm like um, a theme. That's like a lesson. True. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, you're, you're kind of like my Robin Williams, dude, to, in like, uh, what fucking movie is that? <laughs> um, Dead Poet Society, you know? And I'm standing on the table for you because you just taught me what something I already knew, but <laughs> something that needed to be revealed deep in my heart, so. Um, I feel like with that being said, though, I think I can do a pretty quick summary of, like, the major, like, mm-hmm. narrative stuff that's happening. Guy returns to this lighthouse because his like mother like asked him to to like paint over it and it's sort of like him painting over his like memories repressing a lot and the one of the primary I'd say probably the most primary thread is Guy's like weird Oedipal relationship with his mother and just sort of the lighthouse that they live at is an orphanage where the father is harvesting nectar from the orphan's necks uh, to keep the mother young. So you're, so you're telling me there's like an edible thing with him and his mom and they live in this giant phallic object? It's Gross. Kind of, you, <laughs> you guys ever hear of this guy, uh, Freud? Much? <laughs> uh, paging Dr. Freud. <laughs> I uh, actually, you know, I I was someone was telling me the other day that Freud's uh, views are pretty regressive. So damn, I heard that on Fraser the other day, and Fraser got so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me, <laughs> if I may explain something, Niles. <laughs> Just kidding. Niles didn't say it. <laughs> oh my god, are you kidding me? Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we know Niles is more of a Jungian, but if he were to straight up diss Freud like that, oh yeah. my god, all hell would break loose. I was cleaning my room today. I felt pretty Jungian, you know. <laughs> more like Peter Sonian. <laughs> we're killing it, fuck. Oh god, folks, we're getting back to the plot. 
Um, no, I think like mentioning Freud, I feel like mm-hmm. is a good jumping off point for one of the things that I really love and like love about Madden in general is that like there is very little subtext <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. all just text just in a rapid fire um, bombardment and I mean you get that with like the inner titles with like Isabella Rossellini being like secrets secrets <laughs> over and over again and I like it's not subtle at all but it's just like very I don't know it it gets me feeling like a lot I feel like it mm-hmm. has like such a mm-hmm. big emotional impact because it's these jarring like big heavy like punches with emotionality mm-hmm. um, for me yeah it's very expressionistic and very like relentless in that and it really kind of bombards you with it and you know at some points i was you know i felt myself immersed in it and you know overwhelmed by some of the scenes you know everything Mm -hmm. being laid bare without much subtext is very good it kind of reminds me of and look i'm gonna adjust my monocle here and say that it reminds me of the opera (laughs) (laughs) but like the films that i've seen based on opera at least or even like the you know, two fucking like Chinese opera movies I've seen uh, have a lot of these very like obvious, huge implications about, you know, life and sex and love. And like, uh, you know, even the gender swapping thing comes into this with one of the main threads with the sisters romance. Yeah. Uh, and that's something, you know, the cross dressing thing is a, a big thing in several different opera traditions. And I feel like it's good for Guy Madden here to go so grandiose with the story he's telling because he keeps it to these very basic plot points kind of. Yeah. And so that allows him to just be as expressionistic as he wants with the camera and the editing and just go crazy because he's painting with these huge broad strokes of narrative. And that's what I like about it and what keeps it like still very personal and intimate to me is that like, obviously it's an exaggerated story, but like I'm sure elements of it like ring true to guys like real life. And it's such an interest like to blow up memory in such a grand way. I feel like sort of like relates to like how children remember things. And then also just like, I don't know, playing in that like realm of like the mind in general. It's like it's nifty stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with what you said about how children remember things, I think that's definitely apparent here. And it's a thing that people have said about Brackage, too, that I think mm-hmm. is a link here. Uh, some of the like point of view shots and the way that the camera moves through environments in this really like way that be it's it's hazy after the fact it's not hazy while you're watching it it's really like choppy and crazy but then trying to think about the images it's really hazy like when you're recalling something from your childhood and yeah it definitely shares that uh affect with stan brackage's work and i feel like it's definitely coming from a very like not nostalgic but looking back you know emotional place at his childhood which i think is really interesting i didn't connect to the film as much as you did i think uh, I think some of the like Freudian, you know, mother stuff is a little, there's an extent to which I like how on the nose it is. And then it pushes it a little further. And I felt like even though it's only 95 minutes or whatever, it felt a lot longer than that to me. Uh, it feels like the kind of stuff that you, I hate to harp on the Stan Brackage thing, but <laughs> I love his work because of like their short run times, honestly, yeah. like. Dog Star Man, I think, is as long as this, but Dog Star Man is just so pure in its experimentation and even more minimal in its narrative that it just like breezed by for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. One Freudian aspect, I guess, I liked is that, you know, most of his childhood, or not most, but a good portion is, is him kind of walking around the island trying to recreate memories of Wendy. Is that her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wendy's. And uh, <laughs> Dave's Devil. Dave's the spicy <laughs> chicken, folks. It's good. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when he comes back to the island, he does kind of the same exact thing to where he's he's remembering when he was a child, how he'd walk around and kind of be like overwhelmed by his memories. And now he's overwhelmed, uh, you know, of the memories of him being overwhelmed by his memories. It, I like that. <laughs> I just know that relates to one image that I really loved uh, that they come back to a lot is sort of. Well, I mean, I guess two things that I want to touch on uh, is at the beach, there's sort of like the long like blades of grass that yeah. he like goes and kneels in yeah. and like they cover his face like both as a child and an adult. But then also you get a lot of the waves mm-hmm. then in that like sort of the beach side scenes. And all the beach stuff is beautiful. There, There's a weird flattening out of the ocean and the waves in the picture. And it's like 
it's really beautiful. I don't know because it's so at once textured in that old film grain style, but also the thing you're looking at is like you know how deep it is because it's the ocean, but it just looks really flat and like painted almost uh, the way Madden shoots it. It's really beautiful. Another part of Madden's like overall style that I feel like makes his particular brand of like really aggressive formalism work for me is that uh, what I mentioned earlier about him having a lowbrow like sensibility Mm -hmm. and like sense of humor. And I think like the fact that like if there weren't nearly as many jokes in this, I feel like it would be really unsufferable because like he like kind of undercuts it. Um, but in like a playful way where he's like not like I think in that sort of like mixing of styles and having like that rawness that like early film feels like he gets that with the with the lowbrow stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like something like uh, with the mother like buttering the sister or throwing butter at the sister and like guy you know scooping up the butter off the walls to his cookie. It kind of rings true to like what's been going on and it doesn't feel like like a cheap joke like it's just kind of you know it's kind of it's it's more funny than sad but it's it's both at the same time yeah and i like the reused shot of the dad from behind where mm-hmm. it's just like they use the same thing of him turning his back uh, from out in the hallway like it's kind of affecting on emotional level but it's also kind of funny in like a cartoon sitcom mm-hmm. way like yeah. how you only see the parents from the waist down in some shows and stuff like that yeah. uh, like how you almost only see the dad from that shot of his back looking into the room where he's in I like that a lot, yeah. And then there's so many iris shots where it's just yeah. like the tiny little iris that's an extreme close-up on someone's face or their hand. or And he's cutting between these shots so rapidly. And the irises aren't always in the center. They're scattered throughout. So it really creates a really weird effect when he's cutting extremely fast as he does throughout this entire movie. When uh, guys remembering Wendy, I think it's really effective when he cuts to color too. It, it kind of gives mm-hmm. it a nice... Uh, burst or whatever I just to spell out more of like the plot stuff Mm -hmm. um, the Wendy thing is a she Wendy Hale I think is like a detective from like uh, like kids novels uh, that guy would read and she comes to the island to investigate the orphanage but then like pretends to go back and comes back as her like dressed uh, as her brother Chance Hale, and that's where like a lot of the gender swap stuff comes into play because mm-hmm. Guy has like feelings for Wendy, but then also like has this weird like sort of verging on homoerotic connection mm-hmm. to Chance, mm-hmm. but then at the same time Guy's sister uh, is involved with Chance, and they're doing that whole the the undressing gloves game. <laughs> yeah. That there is a very uh silly kind of like nineteen twenties horny game that the characters play Sis and uh Chance as he's called or as she's called as pretending to be Chance. Uh where like only the person holding the gloves is allowed to like undress the other person. I don't know. It's a very uh very weird game. Uh but it's very it's cute or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just like with a lot of the really like, I mean, there's so many like fucking strange things going mm-hmm. on. Oh, in the yeah. Film. You just get on board with it like, yeah, for right sure. away and can buy into that stuff. And I think some of the chance Wendy moments or like the moments where they're sort of like in a very intimate dance together and the camera like slows down a yeah. touch for mm-hmm. those moments. I think it really works for me because unlike the first time that I saw the film when I was like much younger, I feel like it's an interesting way for guy to potentially express like maybe like his own uh, sister's like childhood experimentation. And it's like a neat sort of mask to it. Cause I, I don't know this, this time around I was really noticing how like how just intimate it was. Mm-hmm. Definitely a very intimate and like, especially from guys perspective, it's intimate. Like you have that shot of or really that sequence of them forcing guy to like turn around so that they can make out and like he doesn't Mm -hmm. look at them and like (laughs) that feels like a very uh specific like that definitely happened to guy madden at some point Mm -hmm. in his life where he had to turn around so he couldn't see someone kiss (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's a very like the whole their whole family relationship i guess aside from the father that's they seem there's a big I guess only from Guy's perspective, there's great intimacy with his mother yeah. and kind of like a, a less obvious one with his sister. And like, I feel like there's a couple scenes where you get like, like it kind of back to back where like, there's like a, there's a pretty 
big scene where like uh guy gets his like ass spanked by his mother or oh, whatever yeah. and then i think it cuts to like a taste of what's to come in our second feature <laughs> <laughs> and then i think it cuts to i'm not exactly sure what scene but like something to do with like sister chance and guy yeah, there's a lot of like mimicking the relationship between Guy and his mom and mm-hmm. his sister with Chance, mm-hmm. which yeah, definitely brings up the obvious like Freudian whatever type stuff. One other like I feel like a key feature or distinct charm of other Madden work that I'm a fan of uh in this is like the weird like uh, the the fictional like technology or like mm. the neat little inventions that he has in his universes mm-hmm. um like the aerophone the aerophone yeah where it's you can only uh speak through it to a loved one if you're like feeling like very close and connected and in love with them yeah. or if you're very angry um i just like it's a neat little thing and there's like a little like moment outside of the plot where they just like explain it and break it down and i think there are other like to return to the saddest music in the world there is a cool uh bit of technology where they're like there are glass legs uh that are used to replace like after a woman's legs have been cut off that are filled with beer and it's also a little neat thing yeah but i mean i guess that just goes hand in hand with the surreal vibes yeah, I was going to say, speaking of the aerophone thing, we should say that the film split up into 12 chapters, oh, and yeah. then that one aerophone thing is the only part of the film that's outside of those chapters. Uh, I believe it's after the second chapter we get the interlude for the aerophone, uh, almost like a little old-timey advertisement for it, uh, showing how, you know, the stronger the the feelings are, the louder it'll come through, mm-hmm. which... It's a very silly little romantic gesture of him, but, uh, you know, whatever. He likes doing that stupid shit. Damn, dude. You're going to call romance silly? What's so silly about romance? Um, Also, one thing about the aerophone that I like that's kind of added later is that sometimes Guy will, like, hear his father's voice, and it's explained that, like, no, he's not actually saying that right now. Sometimes it just repeats old ones, which is kind of like a weird thing that makes, you know, him very emotional at times. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, some shit that would definitely have that's some like black mirror shit dude like, <laughs> uh, your freaking dad dies and you get a voicemail from him are you, are you kidding me i'm freaking out right now yeah it's like steampunk black mirror yeah, yeah. it's black pilled oh shit <laughs> well i think that pretty much wraps up our thoughts on uh brand upon the brand unless there's anything else you guys want to say about it I don't have anything in particular. No, I think that's uh, we touched on a lot. All right, I, I thought it was a very good movie. I thought it was a good movie. I honestly, <laughs> I just wish it was a short film. Honestly, like Damn. I don't know. I give it three bullets though, and I, it could easily go up to three and a half or even a four. Honestly, so mm-hmm. honestly though, like on it to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I give it four bullets and you know four confident bullets. You know, not I'm not wishy washy <laughs> about it. I'm not. I'm really making up my mind, putting four in the clip, and I'm firing it off at uh, the guy Madden haters. <laughs> 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 I too want to kill the guy Madden haters. Um and so I'm gonna say four and a half bullets yeah. on I'm was definitely like a little less hot on it than when I was like first like experience because this was the first guy Madden I ever saw and uh-huh. just like getting immersed to that was a whole crazy ride. But uh I still really love it and have a, a fondness to it that I uh I think I'll never lose. Notice I'm the only one not threatening violence. <laughs> we'll be right you were, back. You were, dude, you were telling people to bring the extended clip to the movie theaters, dude. <laughs> like, let's get this on the record. Look at the tweet. I said, play the podcast. You're telling people not, to bring the no, extended no, no, clip no, 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 to no. the movie theaters? <laughs> Come on, man. Look, man, we can't joke about this. Joker's coming. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We don't want that blood on our hands. We don't yeah. want clown paint on our hands. True. We know we know our listenership and we know that they're the big Joker fans, big, you know, they're influenced by that type of media. Yeah. Don't go see it, folks. We don't want you to, you know, do do anything bad. Yeah, instead of seeing the Joker, come to my house and watch Cliff. Alright, bye. So I wouldn't really know about that. Well, JT and I have beaten up for the two of you. 
I yeah. saw <laughs> at the trough style yeah. bathroom you have in your house. It's like I, look, yeah. I just really like Dodger Stadium. Has <laughs> uh, has a uh, healthy streams? <laughs> Wasn't as clear as I'd like it to be. But hey man, I wasn't fucking looking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look when I pee. I'm not gay. <laughs> Me neither, I've dude. never seen my own piss. <laughs> God damn it! I have to start over again. Yeah, no, oh, no, no, nah, dude. That's <laughs> that's fine. That's in. Yeah, that's in. this is also in too. I'm yeah. saying it's in. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Extended Clip. Before we get into our second film of the week, you guys see anything else of note this week? Yeah, I've been I've been obsessed with Danny McBride recently, looking up interviews and whatnot, and so I decided to watch a couple of, of McBride flicks. The first one I watched was Your Highness, and it's not great. It's just, it's co-written by I think uh, McBride and Ben Best, who helped create Eastbound and Down, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, but it's honestly it's m- it's really dedicated to being a, a straight up fantasy movie and I'm just not interested by fantasy at all. So yeah, it's I'm still, with you there. Yeah. There's still, there's still funny quirks and like McBride's definitely like the star of the show. Um, there's like a good moment where he kills like a huge fucking medieval creature and like he, he wears the dick as a necklace. That's pretty funny, but does he smoke weed? He does smoke weed in the movie or like a, there's a medieval version of weed. He's kind of like the burnout and James Franco is like the the successful brother who always does everything right. And McBride's the fail son. And uh, but it's pretty bad. I also watched Foot Fist Way, which was pretty good. Kind of more in the vein of Eastbound and Down Vice Principles. And I, I also watched the trailer to it, which is really funny because I guess it was a Sundance film. And it's <laughs> advertised as like... <laughs> Will Ferrell and Adam McKay saw this funny movie, so funny <laughs> that they watched it twenty times. That's literally in the trailer. And yeah. um, but it's it's very raw. It's like it was shot for like a hundred k, and using a lot of non professional actors or not non professional, just local South Carolina actors. You know, no big Hollywood faces. And McBride plays a karate instructor in the South who you know sucks. Who's not you know good. And there's just a lot of good scenes of, you know, him meeting with people in his office, you know, fat kids doing Taekwondo. It's, <laughs> you know, and just kind of like how him being a Taekwondo instructor kind of clashes with kind of like, I don't know, the Southern culture around them. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. The South will rise again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. the South, you know, the South. <laughs> You know, after watching these movies, you know, I realize, you know, the South isn't just like depictions, you know, of, you know, maybe any, you know, like wars that happen there or like, you know, just like the hick stereotype. It's not, you know, they're just people like you and me, you know, a coast, a coastal elite like myself really kind of went down in the ditches with these, you know, Southern people and I came out a better person. That That's what I also took away from when I uh, originally watched uh, Dukes of Hazard <laughs> uh, with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Yeah. JT, what about you? Um, things I have watched since podcasting last. Um, first, I want to mention uh, Terms of Endearment, 1983, James L. Brooks. Nice. I'm sitting right beneath a James L. Brooks poster as we speak. Yeah. Spanglish. It looks beautiful above you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> speaking of beauty, Terms of Endearment was an absolutely amazing and touching film. Uh, I knew like it's. I don't know. In the the only other James L. Brooks that I've seen is Broadcast News, which I absolutely love as well. Big fan. And he seems to do like such simple, like generally like romantic comedy stuff, but in such a moving and real way. It's like he's one of those boys that's all about the craft. Oh yeah. And uh can really pull it off well. Um there are a lot of amazing performances. Shirley MacLaine, uh, Deborah Winger, Jack Nicholson. You get a little Danny DeVito in like a fucking bolo tie. Oh, hell yeah. It's some good shit. I got like um, real choked up, very sad. If you have a lot of mommy issues, just like me, you're going to feel something about your mommy. Um, <laughs> so go out and see Terms of Endearment. Um, it's not theaters. <laughs> um <laughs> And then aside that, from, that was his first feature, right? That he directed? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh like I guess to talk more about Brooks, uh 
kind of ongoing project that I'm working on is I really want to like uh, make my way through the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm. Um, and he was uh, created it, I believe. Um, and that's just like the first few episodes. I'm still in season one, not going along too fast. Um, but I feel like older sitcoms sometimes can be a little bit of a slog for me. But aside from that, uh, I want to return to my cartoon corner um, from like, I don't know, one of these last fucking weeks I mentioned uh, Invader Zim. <laughs> I believe it was last week. Okay. Well, last week I mentioned Invader Zim. Uh, and today, or uh, not today, recently I watched Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling, another Netflix revival of a 90s cartoon. Uh, if you're one of the many 90s boys that listens to this uh, pod, it will really take you back. Extended clip. Only 90s kids understand. <laughs> Extended clip remembers the 90s with a... No. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have any to that. Yeah. Uh, um, I just wanted to say Extended clip remembers the 90s. <laughs> Well, we we love the 90s, just yeah. like Michael Ian Black, Paul F. <laughs> um, but I don't love the 90s. Or I don't love <laughs> Damn, this. What? I don't love this Are movie. You kidding? Oh. Um, Rocco's Modern Life. Like it, like parts of it really work that in the way that I feel like I really liked the cartoon as like a kid, where it was sort of like broad, like cultural stuff was sort of like the framework of like the real like um, like Rocco would get oftentimes lost in the mix of like big bureaucratic like institutions and sort of push through like a machine. Um, and there are parts of that there that are like fun and whatnot. But then there's like the clear like boomer writing like something very much so set in 2019. And they mention like they have to get cram them all in. They got Starbucks are everywhere. <laughs> uh, um, they get like drone bullshit like a whole bunch of texting, like app jokes, and just like that unbearable like shit really weighs it down. And it's not as uh, I mean, I've rewatched the show and it holds up, but this, I'll give it a pass, folks. <laughs> Extended clip gives that Rocco Modern Life movie its official pass. Damn, wait, it gets a pass? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Like yeah. on a pass fail scale, it gets a pass. No, no I mean no. pass on it. Don't yeah. see it. Yeah. Like how? Okay. Like cool. pa pass me that movie real quick so I could watch <laughs> it. <laughs> Wait, no. Now you're <laughs> on the pass fail, it's a fail. But on the pass, as if you should go to the movie or like or walk past it, walk yeah. past it. And if and it's a pass or toss thing, it's a toss rather than a pass. Toss what it right in the trash yeah. can. What do you give it on the puff puff pass scale? Um, Weed heads, listen up. <laughs> two and a half puffs. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good amount. <laughs> out of five puffs, out of five puffs. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Puff, puff, <laughs> puff, puff, puff. I thought we were doing a, like a bullets thing. No, the puff puff pass scale is not yeah, the puff, no. puff 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 pass scale. All right, well then reducing it down, it's like a half a puff. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's like me in eleventh yeah. grade. <laughs> Just kidding, that's like me in ninth grade. Yeah, <laughs> fucking iron lungs by eleventh grade. <laughs> you should have fucking seen me <laughs> in my the office sweatshirt. <laughs> Damn, I was oh, killing God. it. Damn, you should bring that back now. A lot of. <laughs> A lot of people were like, damn, dude, you're fucking cool. You got an office sweatshirt? I heard a lot of people like that show now. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I didn't get to watch too much in the last week. Um, you know, the man's getting me down. We had Labor Day, but you know what? Well, I didn't have work on Labor Day, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like you did. But you know what? I did last year, so I still have PTSD. <laughs> But I did watch Jean-Pierre Gorin's documentary, Poto and Cabango, a 1980 American film. Uh, Jean-Pierre Gorin, you might know him from his collaborations with Jean-Luc Godard in the Ziga Vertov group of the very, very late 60s through the 70s. And yeah, he was a political activist through, you know, the shit in France in the 60s. You know what I'm talking about, fellas. Uh, <laughs> my real uh, yeah. political heads out there. Where are my 60s about. kids at? Where, where yeah. are my May 68 babies at? <laughs> yeah, what a fucking failure that was, dude. Yeah, dude, that shit was fucked up. <laughs> Yo, you ever see those pictures? Freaking bombs? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> major fail. Ended up being a major fail in that. So, so get this. 
this fucking director was there. He was oh, with okay. the freaking bombs and stuff. He's deep in it like Michael Moore. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. He's basically the Michael Moore of France. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Just kidding. Okay. He's not. Okay, good. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you see these films? This Fahrenheit bullshit. <laughs> What's what's Fahrenheit 9/11? What's after that? Fahrenheit 11/9? Uh, uh. <laughs> Give me a break. I remember. All right, I remember. I showed my brother Bowling for Columbine when I was like 11, and he was eight. And he invited his. He had like his friends over for a sleepover, and that's a movie he showed them was Bowling for Columbine. My eight-year-old brother loved that fucking shit. He loved that movie. Holy, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> oh. Oh my goodness, that is great! I want to just forego my segment now. I just <laughs> think so, about that. Hey, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, Jean-Pierre Gorin, after his life in politics, went more into filmmaking and academia. Uh, he teaches still at UC San Diego, and he was teaching there as well. I believe when he was wrapping up the series of documentaries. Um, Criterion put out one of those Eclipse box sets with these three California documentaries that he made where he's just coasting along California, finding idiosyncratic uh, milieus and filming them from his outsider perspective as he's learning English, learning about American culture, uh, kind of not reverting away from his leftist values, but not being an activist anymore and just being a filmmaker instead and like viewing everything from that perspective and it's really interesting. It's not quite as great as Routine Pleasures. Anyone listening should definitely check that one out. That's his film about model train guys. And he like makes it seem like they're in a Howard Hawks movie. That's kind of the underlying metaphor there. Is like only angels have wings, but it's dudes who build model trains after they get off work. And it's really cool. But that this one cool that does sound really cool. Yeah, actually. that one's awesome. Yeah. And I saw that one with Jean-Pierre Garin uh, in attendance, and he like watched me eat a taco on the street afterwards, Hell straight yeah. up. It was amazing. <laughs> like He was eyeing me down while I was <laughs> taking down fucking Al Pastor. Damn, dude. It he was, was sick. He was like, is this my next subject? Right? That's, what, that's what I'm saying, man. It's been like 25 years. Let's do it. <laughs> no, but he's like a really awesome dude, honestly. That's like... Q&A's fucking suck. Jean-Pierre Corin's Q&A was incredible. There were like 20 people there and he was just like yelling at us because we weren't asking questions. <laughs> and then people started asking questions and he was just like hilarious and just like really spirited and has such a great sense of like politics and cinephilia in a way that I don't really see in any other filmmaker or even like film critic, honestly. Uh, so it's really always refreshing to check out Jean-Pierre Corin's stuff, whether it's with Godard or on his own. Poto and Cabango is about a like short-lived news cycle uh, about these kids who spoke their own language. They're twins, and they, you know, uh, twinning, if you will. Uh, <laughs> you ever hear about this shit? Uh, twin powers. Damn, uh, tw- twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are five years old. Uh, oh, I, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> Anyway, so they speak their own language, and it's really interesting because Jean-Pierre Gorin is also, like, getting a better grip on English uh, as he's making the film, and he has such a heavy accent. Uh, And these kids, they speak this language that sounds like minions talking, and the parents, like, don't know what to do, and because they're struggling... Uh, it also is like really good at depicting class in America. You know, it's these people that wanted to go to San Diego, but they can't live in San Diego because San Diego's for fucking rich people. It's like the third most popular city in California, but it's kind of fucking for rich people. So they live, you know, an hour outside in this not so glamorous community and they're partially living off welfare and they're kind of exploited by like the media rushing for them for like a month and then disappearing. And meanwhile, the parents are just trying to fucking deal with their kids and like try to afford to take them to speech therapists and just regular therapists to see what's going on with them. And then they kind of just get used to their environment and like switch to mainly speaking English because, you know, I think getting all that attention, they were kind of just like, hey, the jig's up. We don't have to talk in secret language anymore. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, Gorin's style is really incredible here. There's a lot of driving shots uh, on like the freeways around San San Diego uh, and going from Los Angeles to San Diego and it's a really beautiful film. And uh, yeah, check it out. Doc heads out there. Check it out. <laughs> Poto and Cabango, 1980. 
No, wait. So the kids, like, they they were faking it. Well, no, because there were, like, there's a lot of it was just mutations on English. Oh, okay. Like, they would say instead of potato, they would sound like a minion and go potato or something like that. Uh, I'm just curious what they're up to now. Oh, I would love Did a follow-up. Oh, because I, uh, I wasn't sure if they're like if they were like newsworthy enough where you could like check in mm-hmm. on these kids. They do voice work for the minions. <laughs> yeah, uh, I swear <laughs> it. It sounds kind of insensitive. I don't know because they are dealing with like mental health professionals while they're doing this, mm-hmm. so it does sound kind of insensitive to like make fun of the language that they made up. And I'm not making fun of it really, but it is kind of funny. And the film leans into it. There's at one point when the speech therapists are breaking down uh, what they've found after studying a recording of them talking for like a week. It's the fact that these transformations are very probabilistic, which makes their speech so densely unintelligible. So in in this one example, for instance, a potato, they have enormous amount of variation in the way they say that. Pudedus. Pudatu. Pudada. Potato salad. Potatu. Pudetuta. Podatat. Podatu. Podeta salad. Potatalad. Pude putal. Budatu. Pute potalad. Potatalad. Putetota. Pototo. The minions are similarly, like I think, mentally troubled figures that bring a <laughs> bring a yeah. spotlight to mental illness in this. No, yeah, I mean, you see who they work for. It's a villain, a super villain, and you know that's a toxic environment that would produce stuff. You know, weird lingo. That's true. Well, with that being said, let's get right into our second film. And our second film, also by Guy Madden, a short from two thousand and four. Madden 04. I had that one. You know who was on the cover? Sean Alexander? No. Fuck. Dog killer Michael Vick. <laughs> dog killer. Noted dog killer Michael Vick. <laughs> Noted comeback hero from yeah. dog killing to yeah. playing for the Eagles. Yeah, Philly. All my Philly fans rise up, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> He's hosting some sissy dog slap parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah the city of Atlanta couldn't handle a dog killer uh, being their quarterback. So, you mm-hmm. know, Philly just open yeah. arms. You hey, know. he did his time. He did his time. What was it, a year? More than that. (laughs) (laughs) It was more than that. Anyway, Guy Madden's 2004 short, Sissy Boy Slap Party. Now, this film is funny, sexy, (laughs) scary. (laughs) JT, what is this movie? Um, Sissy Boy Slap Party has always been, like, it's one of those... um, Things I pull up when you know you're going like with a group of people and you're doing like the YouTube thing, you have to put on a, a YouTube video. Sissy Boy Slap Party is one I keep locked and loaded in my rotation because it's just like a damn w- dude, you're cool. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I just like pull up like dunks and like- <laughs> yeah, I have, I have videos like that too. <laughs> but yeah, this is my Beaver bong. <laughs> <laughs> Real ones will know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Hey, no apologies, dude. But Sissy Boy Slap Party is something that, like, when I got into Guy Madden early on, like, going through, like, collections of shorts, with something with a name as enticing as Sissy Boy Slap (laughs) Party, and being a sissy boy myself, I love to see representation in media. And I, uh, I don't know. It delivers on the title. It's like funny, <laughs> and then also like it's a legitimately good short. Like, oh, I, it's great. Yeah. I, I really, I liked this one a lot more than the feature, honestly, because it's just like it has its basic premise, and then that's just a launching pad for pure experimentation. It's awesome. So it opens with this old guy, uh, basically just saying like, "Hey, uh, I'm going to get some more condoms. You know, you guys better all clean up, uh, and no slapping while I'm gone." Yeah, that uh, Louis, I believe, is his first name. This actor is a shirtless, uh, naked old man in Mm -hmm. like a handful of guys' work. He's a real strong regular that I admire. He's also uh, a naked old man in... He's also a naked old man in uh, The Forbidden Room, where he's sort of... That's uh, a guy men feature that's like a series of layered stories, and he starts Mm -hmm. it off by being like this like sexy old host introducing it but in sissy boy slap party 
also an amazing job. I think his exact line that I love every time is, I got to go to the shop and buy some condoms. And it, I mean, this movie specifically reminds me of Fireworks by Kenneth Anger. Have you I, have, I have not seen that one. Oh, damn. Maybe, maybe you should have, dude. Shit. <laughs> 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 but well. it's uh, literally, it's, I mean, it's not funny like this movie is, but it's like, um, a sailor walks into like this dark room full of like a bunch of men, other men dressed in sailor costumes and some rough stuff happens. I, I don't even remember exactly what happens. Damn. But uh, it's, you know, it's probably, it's gay. It's probably gay. Yeah. Know? And yeah, but- look, we love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you, if you're, if you're a cinephile, you're definitely, you got to watch a little bit of just uh, gay pornography sometimes. Well, basically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, all, like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Homophobes, turn off the pod, yeah. buddy. Homophobes, talk- fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen uh, the movie Cox and Cunts? It sounds like there's going to be a lot of straight sex. There's not. It's mainly gay, but guess what? Good movie. All right? So, uh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but, you know, I like the title. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a experimental movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, we love that shit. The yeah. smart ass shit. <laughs> We've been going experimental lately. Yeah. I love talking about experimental shit, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love experimenting with you boys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Sissy Boy Slap Party, they are at the place with all the shirtless men who are slaying around and waiting for the old man to come back with condoms, and they start slapping each other on the back, on the face, on the bum. Where else? On the belly? On the belly. There's some cool, like, some of my favorite slaps are, like, there's a slap line where they go down. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's another like kind of a different variation on the slap line where it's like two and two facing each other Mm -hmm. and they're just like going at it, just smacking each other's faces. Yeah. This is very much like NBC's the slap. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. And like, you know, it's not only bodies getting slapped here. They're slapping the drums too. Oh yeah. The drums get introduced about a minute into the slap party. Mm -hmm. Uh, first you get some people banging on like congas and like, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool, you know, but then you get the guy with the drum set. And he is just going so hard, and Madden will cut to a close-up of the kick pedal hitting the drum. Uh, and, you know, the way he's cutting this, it's so fucking fast. He's splicing just frame by frame, and the audio and everything is just meshing all together into this blur of sla- of men slapping each other. Uh, sorry, boys slapping <laughs> each other. Uh, it's incredible. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I gotta, I'm talking about it and I'm just like liking it so much more than I did while <laughs> I was watching. I, I gotta boost the rating on this bad boy. Yeah. I like, I like it because it's all like varied rhythms too. Like mm-hmm. you, the camera or the editing like speeds up at points, but then there yeah. are like moments in like some of the more, uh, grand slapping spectacles oh, yeah. where they like slow down a little bit and you can like sort of appreciate that. Yeah, it's like a balance between whether he's focusing on the staging of it or the editing of it because when he's really focusing on the editing, it just goes insane. Uh, straight bananas, blow your mind, fucking bad <laughs> shit, yo. Yeah. Me, Eddie, and JT, we're all in a little group DM and we you know talk about various stuff, but you sent me a link to... Well, you sent me and Eddie a link, I should say, um, to... <laughs> The short, and I noticed it was an extended director's cut or something. Maybe not extended, but it's a director's cut. So there's different versions of this. There's one other version. I think the first result on YouTube is a four-minute cut, Mm -hmm. which I've seen before. But it's like, you want all those sissy boy slaps. You don't want to miss a a fucking minute. I mean, look, this is extended clip. Yeah, exactly. Well, this, this being a director's cut made me think of like all the comedies that came out in like like 2008 that they re-released with like unrated unrated (laughs) sissy boy slap cut unrated (laughs) version extra slaps extra boys (laughs) yeah unrated often just meant like they didn't seek approval like it's just a new cut that they didn't Mm -hmm. get it probably would have still been the same rating like if you watch the dodgeball unrated cut or whatever i believe i have yeah and i think is there already one fuck in Dodgeball? Or if not, I think there's one fuck in the unrated, which yeah. still would have kept it at PG-13. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, and then there's like the R movies that are unrated, and it's like they're not pushing for X in a fucking Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a fucking thing to make you feel edgy. Yeah. That was one of the early moments where I hate, where I like truly felt betrayed and started to mistrust the studios because as, like a, as a horny little boy, I would watch <laughs> uh, movies 
uh, sometimes like to see some fucking titties. Yeah, dude. Um, and then the unrated lie where it's like, wait a minute. I thought there's like some big naturals in this. That's why this is unrated. Are you Are, kidding me? When the freaking GoDaddy commercial. Oh. Uh, like go to GoDaddy. You see the rest of this freaking thing of a lady taking her shirt off on TV. <laughs> <laughs> She was just trying to sell me a website. Are you kidding me right yeah. now? I'm 10 years old. I can't, I can't afford a website. <laughs> I was like, damn, well, might as well start a website. I <laughs> I, all right. One one instance where that was true, where I remember, I think the Talligator Knights um, unrated cut had uh, a clip of Leslie Bibb showing her tits, you know, as a fan of Ricky Bobby. So nice. I think, yeah, I remember that. Damn, but, Adam McKay, misogynist, canceled. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, he just loves tits too much, man. <laughs> just kidding. We love Adam McKay. <laughs> He's our favorite. Do you see Adam McKay's doing the New York Times True and On? Mm-hmm. Oh. New York Times is doing an Epstein podcast uh, produced by Adam McKay. Oh, shit. It's going to suck. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, why? There's the good people that aren't media people doing it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, whatever. Like us in the trenches finding out yeah. the fucking truth about the mainstream what, who's MSM who's, man? Yeah, who's who's producing this podcast? You Adam say? McKay. Well, in for what what company? New York Times. Yeah, I would not fucking trust that podcast with a ten foot pole, dude. Yeah, what 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 do they do when they dredge up stuff about their their big media friends? Yeah, are they gonna are they gonna air that there? Definitely do you not. know the people who have funded Adam McKay's movies? <laughs> like it's <laughs> evil fucking people. BP Oil or some shit. I like guess that? I well I guess Megan Ellison did. Was that an Annapurna Vice? Was that Anna Byrne? (laughs) (laughs) If you're a conservative, you watch Vice, you'd be like, damn, Dick Cheney was the man. He's like, he's he's out here killing shit. Like, (laughs) straight up ignoring his wife. (laughs) Amy Adams being nominated for Academy Award. Oh, that was hilarious. It's so so funny. What the fuck? Yeah. She does nothing in that movie. Just a disgusting Academy, clean it up. (laughs) Stop fucking up all the time. Yeah, this is an Oscar podcast now. Oscar, NFL kickoff, a Sunday Oscar (laughs) podcast. Could you imagine if we just became like a dedicated Oscar podcast, how miserable we'd become? (laughs) Just watching fucking like Darkest Hour or whatever that shit is. Yeah. We, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm mentally off today. I want to bring it back to the <laughs> sissy boys because there's one. Please, <laughs> I want to bring it back to the sissy boys because I'm quite off topic. There's no, there's one thing I, I chose sissy boy slap party because much like I like I like it when we mirror forms to the movies that we watch and yeah. sissy boy slap party, light and fun conversation for sissy boy slap party has to ju- be just as loosey goosey, getting in there with mm-hmm. those slaps. But one important thing. I wanted to mention is the nutting. There is a moment <laughs> I think that's definitely like the culmination of like the the obviously sexual nature of these sissy boy slaps, where there's one um, particular sissy boy, uh, some long hair, pretty boy. Um, he <laughs> he's like arcing his head back, and uh, like there are a bunch of different shots, like from uh, where I think it's the same shot, just sort of like reversed from a bunch of like different angles where it's like his mouth is in the center of the frame and then it's like a cut back and forth of like his head arching and that's towards the end right before the sissy boys get tired and fall asleep Mm -hmm. and that's kind of he's doing his o-face yeah it's the (laughs) o-face it's (laughs) it's the nut Mm -hmm. and the 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 scene where they uh, that movie's epic (laughs) o-face o-face what's o-face it's from freaking office space oh (laughs) <laughs> O-Face from Office Space, baby. <laughs> I thought they were talking about like O-Face the movie or some shit. <laughs> no, dude, that's what I know that movie by, the yeah. O-Face movie. Doing a show where my freaking O-Face. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where they all, the boys all cut a, cuddle together after, the, you know, they had their slap party, I think is, it's, you know, it's pretty touching. It's pretty, it's some nice imagery. Yeah, what does he say when he comes back? It's really good. Oh, uh, I wrote. Like, I, I couldn't trust you boys for a minute. Yeah, or whatever. It's, boys, boys, boys. I turned my back and there you are slapping each other again. I couldn't tr- trust any of you for a minute. Makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this film made me sick because you know what? I believe. Uh, oh, <laughs> something, something. Oh, come on. Traditional come on. values. I don't fucking know. I, I don't know how to do we're that. We're trad. Yeah. Trad yeah. yeah, we're trad pod. Trad. Trad pod. That means we do it as if it's an FM radio show. Oh man, I gotta do a lot of censoring for this podcast. 
<laughs> the sensors are fucking breathing down our neck. Dude, the FCC. Now I feel I feel like Stern. That's like, dude, podcaster says I feel like Stern <laughs> <laughs> 13 episodes in. It's Off a great, shit. like, the hard times uh, <laughs> headline. Off the shits, I feel like Stern, you know? <laughs> well... I think that wraps up our sissy boy talk. Yeah, uh, I give sissy boy slot party four bullets. I put three point five on LB initially, but I'm gonna up it. I give it another four. Another four for Madden. Great job, dude. Uh, I'm five bullets. Oh. Sissy boy slap party. Damn, really going, uh, going at it, shooting it dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that pretty much wraps it up for this week. As always. You could reach out to us on email. Oh, man. Do I love email? Do you guys like email? I have multiple emails. I'm always checking them. Let's dive deep into that mailbag. Well, we got one from Ryan Kelly email at gmail.com. Once again, you know, here's the thing about this guy. This is the <laughs> third time he's hit our inbox. First time, uses this email. Second time, different email. Third time, back to this email. So he's got comfortable. <laughs> What's it say? What's that's it say? all I'm saying. Okay, well, hold comfy on. Let, boy let, over let, here. Let's take our time. <laughs> okay. I, as we know, I like I, I want to savor the email. Okay. okay, it's the only one we got this week. Spoiler Fuck. alert. Damn. August thirtieth, two thousand nineteen, nine forty p.m. <laughs> Up late there, pal. Uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> hey, why don't you go to bed instead of? Uh, <laughs> hey, this is nine forty p.m. PST. I don't know where this guy lives. <laughs> Could be freaking three in the morning. Five days ago. Subject line. Wrong answers only. Parentheses. LOL. Whoa. All, oh, right, shit. all right. All right. All right. I'm in that so headspace. We have to give a wrong answer. To what's up? This. Hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> hey, Do you take suggestions for future episodes? I think I have one you would rock with. Iron Man and Avengers Endgame. Ryan. Looks like we got a fucking troll. <laughs> All right. No, wait. I, no, wait. no, no. All trolls get blocked immediately. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> wait. What's a what's an antithetical uh, pairing that like what's a good uh, joke pairing that we will never, ever do on the podcast? Uh, that. <laughs> okay. That. <laughs> I wouldn't even call that a good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Thank you for listening. And <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, though, uh sure if you want to suggest something i don't know like we we kind of have fun programming it ourselves to be honest but uh i i mean hey if someone's asking to do audience engagement with us fuck it who are we to say no we if have it, like 12 listeners if it's a good combo you know it's got to be good we're not just going to do it if you send it in but if, if it's bad i'll just say that malcolm picked it whoa <laughs> or jt don't worry no it's equal. They'll, but they'll think it's you oh <laughs> shit that's true because you're more likely to make the bad bad choice. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude! It's getting late here. Damn, We're the, getting punchy. The e- the the guy the email guy really got to us. Yeah, right? he's trying to take one so of our Discord, spots. Discord, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could fucking have it. Divide yeah, and yeah, conquer. Yeah. You want my spot? Fucking take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dirty Harry throwing my badge into the water <laughs> at the end, dude. <laughs> Yeah, let's just all fucking leave the podcast. Let this guy see how it. Yeah, the newest. Uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, no, you didn't remember his name, so you can't say the exactly. joke you were going to. Yeah, yeah don't also, worry about it's it. Not, it's not great either. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, don't give us suggestions unless you really want to. <laughs> if you really want if to tell us anything, really, really how about this? How about this? I'll, I'll, I'll bargain with you. Send me a fucking movie and I'll pick the B movie for Ooh. it. Okay. Or I'll pick the A movie. All okay. right. Okay. Yeah. But only this guy. And only if he does it from the other email that he sent. Or a new email. I'm sick of this email. I've already gotten <laughs> two emails from this account. If anyone wants to email him, I think we read his email on the podcast. <laughs> Several times <laughs> yeah. at this point. So if you want to reach out and ask him a question, <laughs> you could rewind that. Yeah. Why do you keep harassing yeah. the extended clip, in, boys? In, in fact, instead of sending hey, a... Hey, I said I was thankful. I said I was thankful. <laughs> Instead of sending a uh, question to the podcast email, <laughs> just send one to him. <laughs> or just mine. Fuck it, man. Not him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not mine. Actually, never email me. Or, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were Mr. Email. You came out hot, you know, seeing. I love this email account, extendedclippodcast at gmail.com. My other email, beep, at gmail.com will never. <laughs> Be given Damn, out that's a fucked air. up why do you have that that word in your that's that's kind of like a people don't use that word anymore for a good reason 
Why is that in your email? (laughs) 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 We're also on Twitter. Extended clip 69. I'm at iPod underscore video. I'm at Bitchface Palace, and I got other accounts too. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Do you? No. <laughs> I got like three. Uh, All right. One of them's Extended Clip sixty nine. Um, I'm at Tall Boy Thin Legs, and uh, I'll plug this. Follow me on Instagram too. Ooh, on that shit. same handle. Okay, yeah. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Olympics Gold Medalist. <laughs> Damn, that's a good account name. <laughs> yeah, last one was BuzzFeed Saudi Arabia. I'm, I'm very <laughs> <laughs> My last Instagram that I had was just ripped torn. Uh, but that's good. Yeah, I like that. I deleted it though, so it's gone. Don't yeah, don't follow Eddie on Instagram. Oh, I don't have an Instagram right but, now. Yeah, so yeah. don't follow him. <laughs> you can find Eddie at OnlyFans.com. <laughs> <laughs> See which porn star, or not, they're not even really porn stars. Just Sex am- workers. Yeah, amat- uh, well, you know, amateurs kind of getting their start. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, shit, man. Uh, good night. We love you. Just kidding. We hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Just kidding. The only yeah. people we hate are uh, blank check. Goodbye. You all better go back to the gym. You look like you're gaining weight. I gotta go to this shop and buy some condoms. And remember, no slapping. <laughs>